Welcome to Australian Music Podcasts, or AMP for short, produced by Hugh and Rod with Joe and Luke to provide histories and critiques of the first 50 years of Australia's sometimes progressive, other times just peculiar rock and pop music. In the podcast, we discuss a particular stream or genre of music and then also present our own musical tribute as we celebrate on all that's good and very occasionally bad in Australian music. Today we're doing psychedelic Australian rock and pop music. And Rod, the origins of the word psych, I, I reckon this is Aldous Huxley quote that I got from the 1950s. I've traced, tracked this down. To make this mundane world sublime, take half a gram of Fenera time. And his, his mate responded in another verse, to fathom hell or soar angelic, just take a pinch of psychedelic. So it's about drugs then. <laughs> yes, essentially psychedelic <laughs> is about drugs. That's right. That's about right. And there was a band that uh, I know that you've always liked, um, from Austin, Texas. The 13th Floor Elevators That's were the right. first band to use the term psychedelic rock. They were, of course, more in the American tradition, most more electric and more kind of garage-based. The English-British tradition is more more about, you know, toy town sight and cups of tea and clowns and, and bicycles. And that's what... Yeah, what, all that's uh, kind of 18th and 19th century almost fairy tale It's almost stuff, Edwardian, it? isn't it? You know, yeah. and, and, that, and that's the psychedelic music that we heard in Australia. And really, psychedelic music did come late to Australia, but the first single um, that, that was really psychedelic is, uh, is one by the Master's Apprentices. Yeah, Mick Bauer had already written a couple of hits for them. He was the guitarist, an early guitarist. Jim Keyes was in the band, of course. But uh, he wrote Living in a Child's Dream, the song that you're referring to, and it's really in the British tradition, as you mentioned, and uh, quintessentially psychedelic. It is, yeah. So let's listen to 1967's Go Set Single of the Year, uh, Living in a Child's Dream, Master's Apprentices. One of the many bands that headed to London in the mid to late 60s was the BGS, and very famously signed with the Robert Stigwood organisation. Now, Rod, about 66, 67, they also dabbled in psych, didn't they? They did indeed, and this, uh, their, their first overseas album, the BGS first, was released in July 67, not long after Sgt Pepper, but probably recorded earlier in the year. And it's very much influenced by the by the Beatles' revolver, the 1966 kind of psychedelic mood. There are lots of mellotron and strange instruments and weird, surreal kind of literary lyrics. Okay, um, well, let's have a listen to Red Chair Fade Away, the Bee Gees. Red Chair Fade Away, bring back.
Grandpa's fairy tale. Red chair round the fire. Rainbows all the time. We're all going higher. Wow, listen to those sounds. I'm having a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> come back, come back. Well, I heard the Mellotron you were talking about. That's right. And I could hear some harpsichord in there. Yeah, and there was there was kind of a bit of phasing, a bit of panning maybe. Yep. They didn't oh, do some, anything backwards though. That's some, another sign. Some exotic panning though. Yep. And the interesting thing on in the Mellotron, for those who don't know, the Mellotron is a is um, probably a, a, an early version of a sampler because you play, you hit a key and it activated a tape, a strip of tape with the sound. But it also had had a, um, a wheel where you could slow the tape down, which is what you hear when it goes when the pitch suddenly drops mm. in the middle there. Yeah. There's also other sounds. That, I mean, that, there was early synthesizer. There was theremins. Yeah, not on this track, but on lots of other tracks of this 66 to 69 period. Uh, in Australia, there was a, a bit of a funny tussle over a song called Peculiar Hole in the Sky that the Easy Beats did in 67. They did, and they wrote it, and yeah, they did a demo. And, and, and later on, that demo went to the Valentines who did a version of it, which was released in 69. But funnily enough, it's the Easy Beats version uh, that we'll listen to today, which, after a little argument, was actually released at the same time as the Valentines one. Peculiar Hole in the Sky, Easy Beats. happening in that song here, isn't there? Yeah, almost every single possible psychedelic effect, for instance. Yeah. Well, there's more happening in this next song because it's got a little cello quartet and an explosion. Ah, now there were two great songs with explosions. <laughs> they were very, very happening in Australian music. And the two greatest psychedelic songs and most successful ones in Australian music are, of course... The Real Thing, which we'll get into later, produced by Molly Meldrum, but this one that you're referring to, produced at Festival Studios by Pat Alton. Mr Guy Fawkes by the Dave Miller set. The Dave Miller set were very popular around Sydney in the late 60s and included uh, a famous guitarist who went on to... to uh, Tone Blackfeather. Do you mean to, John to, Robinson? Uh, John Robinson. Yeah, fantastic. Um, the song's not theirs, of course. The song's a cover of a, of a, a rather obscure Jimi Hendrix-produced single by an Irish group called Air Apparent. That's E-I-R-E. Oh, very apparent, witty. Apparent. And, um, and they, they picked it up. They, they, they improved on it greatly and it was a huge hit. It's um, Mr Guy Fawkes. And it has an explosion said. at the end. <laughs> that's right. That's the main thing. <laughs> Bridges burning down 
listening to AMP, Australian Music Podcasts. It's such a shame we didn't get to the explosion. Well, here's more explosions soon, though. Is it the same explosion that Pat Orton used on that as the one that Molly used on the real thing? It may well have been, yeah. because they didn't really want to go out and actually blow up something. It might have just been a tape of an explosion. BBC sound effects <laughs> record. Right. Your number nine. Band two. Now, the guitarist, he was a pretty well-known Melbourne figure, wasn't he? Roger Hicks. Roger Hicks was in the Zoot. In fact, he left the Zoot and was replaced by... Um, who? Oh, uh, Rick Springfield. Or Rick Springfield later. Yeah. But Roger Hicks played this and he made up on the spot and, and played the distinctive... Well, it was a great riff. Though. I mean, you know, everybody tires a bit of the real thing this year that we're recording these pods because it's been used endlessly in ABC promos. However, no-one can deny that how, you know, great this song was when it came out. And it's great. And, and not content with having an explosion, they want to put more in there. So there's, you know, a Nazi rally and, hmm. you know... Phased pianos and... And an explosion. And the explosion. (laughs) The real thing with Russell Morris. Atomic explosion, apparently, but uh, it comes later in the song. Thank you. For the song that. was originally only only three minutes, but they, they they sort of got went mad in the studio with Molly Meldrum producing it, and, and that's mad. the result. Well, mad but very famous. Um, Jeffs and John, you got on the list here. Jeffs and John and Copperwine. Now they weren't always psychedelic, though, were they? No. Well, Jeffs and John started out Jeffs and John and the Id, mm-hmm. and um, they were kind of R and B. Based based band, he had a yeah, huge a hit in Australia. Yeah, but a big time operator. Yeah, a cover of a Zoot Money song, and this the song that they did, they did in the late sixties when they were the kings of psychedelic rock, particularly in Sydney, is is another cover, a song by the Rotary Connection, but they've taken it and made it their own. The Rotary Connection version is nice, but this is very kind of electric and it's got a jammy guitar solo in the middle. And again, we kind of always like that guitarist. Um, it's Ross East, most probably. Ross East on guitar. Yeah, yep. tremendous. Um, anyway, it's Teach Me How to Fly by Jefferson John.
Of course, the band Copperwine, which we didn't mention, supported Jeff St John all the time. Their album with Jeff St John, uh, joint effort, was produced by Pat Alton as well. What was it called? Uh, joint Dave effort. I've got no idea no why idea. it was called Joint Effort. <laughs> Poor, he must have been in the sixties. Listen, this next band was just at the end of the 60s. Uh, young guys, only 16 at school still. They were called King Fox. Well, they won a competition or something, didn't they? Yeah, I think Martin Erdman, who was quite a well-known record producer of the late 60s and then went on to become an even better known one, he discovered them in a 2UW competition and took them and recorded them at his studio, I think it was over at Ramsgate, I think on a four-track, you know, which is, you know, not much in those days. Did he Did he give them the fuzz box? They, they've certainly made very creative use Somebody of it. Somebody gave them the fuzz box and not many days before because <laughs> I've never heard a fuzz box more used in a, in a song. Um, look, another point of interest of this song is that it uh, featured Billy Field playing bass. Uh, he joined the band, he reckons, because he owned his own amp. And he went on to become quite a, quite a star in the 80s, oh, you know, the Bad was. Habits and yeah. all that, and owned a, owned a recording studio in Woolloomooloo. Of course, and he's still, still a man about town in Sydney, um, and as are the, most of the other guys who, who got together and launched their album, which had never come out then, but only a few years back, got together and finally launched the other tracks that were recorded back then. Good to so see. It's, yeah, that's great stuff. Uh, so King Fox and Unforgotten Dreams. Fuzzbox, but in a nice song, Unforgotten Dreams. Lovely song. Yeah, really nice mood around it. Look, we don't normally do recent music of recent years. We're, we're essentially talking about uh, the history and the start and the evolution of rock and pop in Australia in this series. But we've got to toss in Tame Impala because they've got a sound that sounded like the 60s. Oh, they have indeed. I mean, psychedelic music, as, as the 60s wore off, and, and punk and disco sort of became popular. Psychedelic music kind of disappeared. But there's always been a happy band of people trying to keep it alive. And Tame Impala... I mean, Tame Impala have been going now for ten years at least. Yeah, yeah. Apologies to the other members, but the, uh, mainly we have to talk about Kevin Parker because he's the studio guy that makes these great psychedelic sounds and he really performs them so well from drums through to guitar through to his great vocal. Good psychedelic title of this song too. It's called Feels Like We Only Go Backwards. Time Impala. Like 
<laughs> so let's recap on psych, if we've got some brain cells left after this. Firstly, um, maybe we should <laughs> finally listen to the explosion. I think we need to hear the explosion. OK, let's listen to the atomic explosion. Let's go. And where do we go after that? All we can do now is uh, say it with a song. It's one of our own songs we made up. It's called All That Jasmine. Thanks for listening to this episode of AMP, Australian Music Podcasts. Our main sources for these special AMP podcasts are essentially our fading memories and quite erratic music industry experiences. But there's always invaluable material from writers such as David Nichols, Ian McFarlane, Glenn A. Baker, Anthony O'Grady and the Miles Ago website.